We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 78, with John Salgasang. Had a great episode with John. He's recruited around the Bay Area, California, Oakland, to be exact. And just ruined that whole area of San Fernando. You get the drill. And one thing about John, he's a recruiter for a college. But he doesn't, yes, he recruits, he does this. But he does so many things outside. has this positive mindset to do a work session and a podcast session and just repeat take care of his family, his wife. It's a great interview. and I know there might be some audio things towards the end, but other than that, this was a great interview. I loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 78 with John Salingsang. Without further ado, let John introduce himself. Hey, KT, what's going on? Hey, John, thanks for joining. appreciate your time, man. Yeah, so a quick introduction. Let me just jump right in. I'll keep it brief. I am the host of a podcast here in the Bay Area called the Work Talk Podcast. And what I do is I talk to people from the Bay Area about their jobs, about their business, a personal project, their nine to fives, what drives them. And it's really a casual podcast. It's not PG. It's definitely not school friendly. <laughs> the production's not really high. Why? I like that casual, authentic feel. It's like an unplugged conversation between friends. That's good, man. And actually, that was one of the questions, so I'll definitely want to spice it up when we get to it. But <laughs> that's all good. You know, got to work on your feet. But uh, for question one, how did you discover Anchor? I actually discovered Anchor when I was watching Gary Vaynerchuk's Daily V a long v. time ago. I think this was two years ago. And he was talking about Anchor being audio Twitter. And I, I ride a train a lot to work, so I'm like, Twitter, but audio, that sounds cool. And I, I think one day it pivoted and became a podcast. And that's when I was like, huh, Anchor's now a podcast. Then when I eventually thought of doing a podcast, I thought of Anchor. Yeah, Gary V is it's not is the number one answer on this show. That's, <laughs> that, I mean, it's the number one. He's just, he's just the influencer. But yeah, it's interesting how so many people have come from that realm and Right. Anchor has grown from that Twitter to now straight up podcasting platform. It's definitely a pretty cool to see yeah, what's I mean, going I, on. Yeah, I think of it like if Gary Vaynerchuk, all the people he influenced was like his children, he would have thousands. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like, he, he, he is the mastermind behind just getting people and, and getting people in effectively for sure. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And for question two, just how has the audio changed the way you promote your message from traditional social media posts, from what you could sell and experience? Sure. I, I, early on, I've been on social media from a lot of different projects I've been on. I used to host um, like video game tournaments. I used mm -hmm. to post things for work. So I've been used to posting video, audio, text. To me, there, nothing really has changed in my, my mind, when it comes to doing a podcast, which is audio-based, I think what's changed is how a few small things on how I create the content and deliver it. For example, if I'm doing a podcast with somebody and they're showing me something 
or, or, or mentioning something or say we're in person and they're showing me something, I have mm-hmm. to remember, okay, the listeners can't see this. So I have to remember to slow down and explain it and take a pause. So I don't think it has changed much, but the way I deliver content on audio is different than if I'm just doing video. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, Hope video, that answers your question. Yeah, I mean, just, just to think that... <laughs> view, that that's, that's perfect. No, just to think that video and audio are two different platforms. I mean, you look at the world today where so many people are consuming through audio now because you don't have to look at a screen. Exactly. Like you said, you are you go to the train every day. I mean, sometimes you just want to you know, here's something people got to say rather than just look at a screen, there's Wi-Fi, and there's so many different factors of technology. Exactly. Happen. YouTube yeah. eats up all my batteries too, so I'm looking, <laughs> the podcast, like, it doesn't eat up as much, and yeah, I could do it while I'm walking, when I'm when I'm on the train, when I'm uh, going for a run, so right. audio is so easy for me to consume, and I got one of those uh, Google, Google Minis, so it's, that makes, I'm always on audio. Yeah, I, I think, I think I think audio definitely is the uh, the way to go in the future, and we'll definitely see what the evolution will be in the next couple of years and how this platform, and just many in particular, develop. And now we move to question three, which you kind of already talked about a little bit, so I'll kind of spice it up here. Sure. What are what are some challenges just post-production in the Word Talk podcast? Now you talked a little bit about post-production. So what, what are some things you do, editing of it, or, or anything you want to share with that in the post-production? Yeah, post is a tricky thing. Like... For me, as someone who has a full-time job, and I have a, I have another gig, and I'm trying to, <laughs> and I'm trying to do oh like my. a podcast, so I have to be, I have to learn how to be really fast. And there's a quote I'll, I'll reference Gary V. I assume a lot of people here listen to Gary V. So you probably understand this religion. But he says, I'd rather put out 85% quality on a regular basis than put out something really good and put it out once in a blue moon. So for me with post, as I'm thinking about my voice and character, I actually don't do a lot of post edit work on my podcast because yeah. it has that, that authentic, I would say raw unplugged feel. One of my main influencers in podcasting is Joe Rogan. And you could even hear it in his podcast. He doesn't do a lot of edits. So I do the same thing. I, I tell my guests that I'm not going to do a lot of edits on this post. And we're just going to let it be. So that makes it easier on my part, too. The fact that I want to keep it that flavor. The only thing I do on post is add a little music clip, adjust the audio so they're at the right volume. And then that's it. So it's not really too, for my part, it's not too difficult for me to do post edit work on my podcast. It's just finding the time to do it all. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think time management and how you adjust time, especially with your schedule, sounds like not only with your full time gig and, and the side, I'm sure your family, and it's just a lot going on. So, definitely keeping that to a maximum in a sense to utilize time, right? And then putting it, and I like how you said putting out, you know, certain pieces of work. I mean, it's one thing to post 100 things a day, but how good's the quality? You know, that's, and that's the defining factor. Yeah, every type of post. very true. The quality. The quality will always overpower the quantity, no matter what. Yeah, and I'm still equation. Yeah, I'm still working yeah. on the balance between quality and speed. I'm still working on that now because my podcast is 50 days old. You know, I'm not as seasoned as you are, yeah. KT. I'm, I'm I'm following your tracks, man. 
<laughs> I, I appreciate that yeah, any, i'm open to collaboration and that just like this so yeah anytime exactly. to help, help people out so i'm for sure yeah, I'm, definitely... I'm trying to find that balance but i'm slowly getting used to knowing what i feel looks good and having sort of a habitual system to do it fast right. and like little hacks like i post on anchor for audio i also post on youtube but all those things especially on youtube and with video takes a long time so every night before I sleep, my wife knows this. I'm going to be uploading my video on YouTube and Facebook. So when I wake up, it's done. So little hacks like that. Um, eventually, we all develop our, our habitual systems for how we do it. And it's important if we want to do things efficiently, if we don't have that much time. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think the thing with having that system i think that's the key because sometimes it's sometimes like oh you can just do it on the fly mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. need a system but, <laughs> but you just feel if I, feel I feel like in the end of the day if you don't have like a routine and you don't get into it and you don't stick to it and be consistent you'll start feeling the pressure of saying well what, what about the fans out there who expect something so yeah. that's where the pressure to perform is on every time. yeah and making that system to the point where i could do everything without thinking allows me to not mentally have to worry about you know, doing something new, once it's something I'm used to, then that's more mental energy I could use to focus on being present with my guest or whatever else that I need mm-hmm. to do. And that's actually a perfect segue. Speaking of those guests, how has exposing local talent helped you reach an interesting demographic audience in today's podcast? Well, I know you only do it in the Bay Area. You want to explain to your, sure. you're picking up you're picking up people and how you choose? Sure, sure. I like that segue, Katie. That was nice. There you go. You're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear a word and you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> the ba- so I focused on local. Here's the, the reason why. And it's funny you said that, said this because some of my guests said the same thing. And we were, um, some of my audience, we were talking on Instagram about that. And right. I'm weirdly not a social media guy. Like, I'm so still used to, like, human connection. Like, I was one of those guys who would never go on Facebook because I was like, no, who needs Facebook? I, I just, I, I see all my, I have real friends. I would make that joke. <laughs> and I, but I see the, I, but I definitely see the power of social. But I want, whenever I do use social, I'm almost thinking in my head that we'll eventually maybe meet in person. Hey, K- Katie, maybe I'll meet you in person one day. But I wanted some, there was something niche about local, about listening to someone who is mentioning a place they work at or a restaurant they go to. And you're like, that's across the street from me. Or, hey, I know this guy because he went to the same school as my older brother. There was something right. niche about local that I, I like. And that, that ability, because actually one of my, I'll tell you right now, one of my future goals with the podcast is to maybe host a conference slash networking meeting slash job fair. And I want it to, you know, everyone who's oh, an audience go. member, yeah, could attend this. And it's $10 cheap to the point where, you know, that broke teenager could attend, right? So I wanted to really f- focus on local because there's that aspect of being able to meet someone. And I just like my, the Bay Area. I think there's a lot of great things here. I think it's a nice niche. So when people listen to the podcast, it's not just hearing about what people do for a living, which is fun, but it's people here where I'm actually living at. And that's why I chose local. And that's a good, that's a good point. I think 
exposing local communities, local businesses, local, the power of local. Sometimes it's like, it's just local. You're kind of being a homer. But in reality, especially out there in California, the West Coast, there's a lot. Of, and even East Coast, too, there's just a lot of different diversities in your home area. Yeah. In the Bay Area, in Bay Area being so unique and so diverse, I, I think it's a good move. Yeah. You, my father, you, got, you yeah. got to come by. And we got the Warriors playing in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals and everything. Come by, KT. Yeah. <laughs> Come by, <case. laughs> The invite is open. But uh, my, my follow-up question actually was, I know you just recently announced the regulars uh, coming on the show. Right. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So let me break down the different themes of my podcast. So I mentioned my podcast is me talking to local folks about what they do for work. And my whole goal as an, for my audience is that they either learn something, they either... Um, find it entertaining or they get inspired or motivated right now I was just having regular guests coming on the show but what was happening is they come on the show and then you kind of never see them again and I, I was thinking about Joe Rogan's podcast and how he would have people coming on the show regularly like his like <laughs> Brendan Schaub and a lot of his MMA guys and his comedian buddies to the point where you could, de- the audience could sort of get character development and get to know these people, right? Same thing as, as if you're watching any TV show, that character development of seeing someone over and over again. As an audience member, I felt like it's nice to be able to follow their story. So I wanted to add some aspect of that in my podcast. So I decided to have my podcast broken up into two sort of themes. One is just the general guest. And then that, those are guests who come on the show, and then that's it. You hear their story. And then the second part is, like you mentioned, I call it the regulars. And that's mm-hmm. where I bring back past guests who had a business or project like myself, like the podcast. And we all talk about how it's currently going for us. And then we document literally our stories of trying to grow something from nothing. So the two people I had on the first episode of the regulars – and the regulars, like I said, is a, it's a show within the Work Talk podcast. My, the first two people I had was a local music producer. And the other guy, he does tech reviews. And he works for a large tech company. So the regulars, we each talked about what are our goals? How's it going for us? We talk about strategy. We talk about um, best practices. And we're going to meet again every two weeks and just update each other on how it's going. So as an audience member, now you have guests who you could progress with their story. So that's why I started The Regulars, because I wanted some aspect of my show to, to be able to have guests that have depth in storytelling rather than just with, with a general guest. Interesting. You know, I like that. I like that development. I'm glad that you took that route because i think with that kind of route it almost reminds me of like a sitcom or like a tv show yeah, where yeah it's like it's like episode one it actually reminds me of like episode one regulars and exactly same, exactly same, so that's actually a pretty good format if you can if you can stick with that i really think that can be some special especially local talent because you can track what their progress would be at the end of the day exactly like, even, like 10 episodes down that's pretty cool yeah i i, I kind of imagine if and here in the Bay Area with the Silicon Valley companies, there's a group called the PayPal Mafia. That's wow. Elon Musk, uh, Peter Thiel, the owner of PayPal, 
And all these big CEOs, they're all friends and they all started these huge companies. And I always imagine, what if these guys, when they're building their businesses in their garages, what if they got together every two weeks and just, chop, and just talked shop? They just talked about how they're doing. They talked about the rejections and not being able to like get funding for their idea. They talk about their successes. They talk about, you know, what if they documented that journey to get to where they're at? I think that would be interesting content to listen to either if I'm just someone interested in reading, learning about stories of people building something from nothing, or if I'm trying to build something myself, I could right. learn from these people documenting their journeys and see what happens there. I'm not saying that we're going to build PayPal <laughs> or anything like right. that, but I would like to document our journey. So exactly like, like you were saying, character where audience members could follow us. It's a really interesting show and I've gotten some good feedback from it. So I, I'm liking it. We're going to do episode two on June 1st. There you go. There's a little preview right there. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's important that you find that home in a sense that you talk to these people on a regular basis because sometimes you just see that one and done, or sometimes you feel like, did you get enough after the one call? But to keep consistently doing and tracking the progress, like you said, it could give you motivation. It could give you yes, something to exactly, look forward to. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you feed off energy. I think if you can feed off that energy at the end of the day and this thing goes well, you could be onto something with that networking media you want to do with other people in the local area for 10 bucks. So yeah, I think if, yeah. if you stick to that, we'll get, to, we'll get to that a little bit in the five year plan, but sure. If you stick with that, we'll definitely be in some well, but back to your days. I know you talked about that in the first little introduction for question five. What is your current occupation? Yeah. So I do work full time and I work as a college community college career counselor and as a job developer, and I also teach a class at a community college. And my work actually has some relation with the podcast. So what I do on a typical basis is, one, I work with students who aren't sure what majors they want to choose or what career they want. Mm-hmm. And me being a geek and you know being familiar with the 134 majors at the closest transfer school at San Francisco State and looking at job markets all the time, They just need someone to talk to and maybe they know what they want to do. They just don't know what it's called and I could help them with that. So I'm pretty much a career advisor and I could also help them find jobs, internships. That's one part of my job. The second part of my job is as a job developer. And what that means is I work with companies in the area that is looking to hire our students for jobs and internships. And I've been doing my job for about six years Five of those years has been at San Jose State University, which was highly influenced by the tech companies. So a lot of my influence working with companies has been those in tech and business, although I've worked with a variety of others, whether it's Kaiser Hospital or CBS Media. And I work with these different companies and I do consultations with them on how to recruit our students. And typically it means them posting their jobs and internships on our database, setting up job fairs, and I have them at a table at our, at our college. And sometimes it means me connecting them to different departments. So if they want to talk to uh, software engineers, I can introduce them to our software engineering department. So that's the other part of my job. And on top of my, my full-time work, I also teach a night class on Tuesdays called Career Options. And that's for students who aren't sure what they want to do. And they could get units for it. It's a transferable, transferable course. And we literally talk about 
different careers they could get into. I showed them <laughs> videos of Gary Vee. I showed them videos of Tony Robbins. I had them do mm -hmm. uh, personal projects. I had them do informational interviews. I'll have guest speakers. At the end of the class, the goal is that they have a clear idea of what they want to do. So that's my day job. That's, yeah, it's fun. That's awesome, though, in the sense that you're doing... I feel, I feel like with how you connected the podcast in with the, the students is pretty interesting because some of them may want to get into the space or maybe some of them might want to go into the audio world, be a videographer or, or do something. Exactly. Like so I think the more exposure you can get or even somebody can get on your show in the future, the more exposure you get to them, you'll get that back in return by helping. And I was going to say my follow-up question, but we'll, we'll actually go to question six, which is a perfect segue, sure. uh, which is back to challenges. What are the biggest things you have learned while being as a counselor and, and now a teacher just to, when you teach that night class to your young students? Sure. I think one of the biggest challenges, I'll say a challenge for myself and then I'll say a challenge for these students. Okay. I think for a challenge for these students, and I've worked with so many different kinds from uh, people who are just learning English who moved to this country not that long ago to older adults who are coming to the community college because they want to pivot their careers or make a step up. So I have a wide variety of different issues I may face with from each student that walks into my office. But I would say one of the biggest things I think students don't take too much advantage of when they're undecided on choosing a career is number one, they don't, I would do enough informational interviewing. Basically mm -hmm. that means a student comes to me, they say, I'm thinking about being, I want to go into uh, be a firefighter, but I'm not sure if I should. And one of the first things I say is, have you ever talked to someone who's a firefighter? And they usually right. say, they usually say no. And then when I, we talk about it, they, they say it makes sense to talk to one, but I think a lot of people have is getting outside. So I think they know, yeah. like there's a, there's a fire department right across our college, but it's that fear of stepping out of your comfort zone and asking for help or, or reaching out to someone. The inner, it's like dating. It's like, yeah. it's like they're too scared to ask that girl out on, or guy out on, on a date. I think that's one big thing that students struggle with, both in regards to them figure out, figuring out what career they want. Because to me, my two biggest advice, and I got my master's in counseling with a focus on career development. And I'm not saying that like, I know everything, but I will say that in that master's program, when I, I studied career development, what I studied was survey after survey on how people figured out the career they wanted and what made people happy. And I could sum it down into two things. If you want to figure out what you want to do, you could figure that out by one, getting experience, like observing, doing an internship. You want to go into marketing, make a blog, right? And then number two is talking to people who are mm -hmm. in that field. Those are like the two biggest things, but students are too scared to take that initiative or sometimes they're just too lazy. Right. Like they don't, I know they don't want it that bad. And um, so that's one of the struggles I see, I see with students. It's getting out their comfort zone to try to talk to people, both in regards to trying to find out what career they want. And also for those who are trying to find a job, I mean, not even, I mean, if you're trying to start a business, I think that's a lot harder, but if they even just want a job, they're too scared to network or go to a job fair. And that's really the best way to find a job is 
It's about who you know, making connections. So that's one struggle the students, I think, deal with. And on my part, a struggle as a counselor and is for me, I have to be, I'm sensitive to every student situation. So I'm a lot more neutral than how I am outside of work. But one of the struggles I deal with is, and something I learned from is, students have a wide range of ambitions. And I'm so Gary V, you know, KT thinking shooting for the stars. But mm-hmm. as Gary V mentions, it's all about self-awareness. And everyone's finish line is relative to their self-awareness. And so when someone says, you know, I, I just want this job here. And sometimes I would have to fight myself not to over push them to do something else. Because in a practical situation, maybe that is their, their first step. Maybe that is right for them. They do have that self-awareness and I need to back off and recognize and respect that. So as a counselor, the more counselor in me, the part I struggled with, but I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better in now is accepting everyone's situations and respecting the fact that they know if they know where their ambition is and they're paying for it, then they're winning. If their ambition is really high and they're paying for it, they're working hard, 80 hours, putting in that grind, great. If their ambition's lower and they're doing all the work they need for it, great, they won too. My whole discrepancy is when their ambition is high but they're not working for it, that's where I could do a little bit of that coaching. So that's like an inner counseling battle that I've dealt with that I think I'm doing a lot better in. Yeah, I'll break this down. And I'll start with the first part of just the student aspect. I think you see sometimes, we hope it's not laziness, but that's a fact. Well, I think it, it, the, probably the first thing is not getting outside your comfort zone. And I think sometimes when the students like that are exposed to the same story, same lifestyle, they don't see the other side. They're not open-minded in a sense of what could be the answer. Right, sometimes, right, right. I've heard this quote a lot, and someone said this on the show before. And they said strangers have all the answers sometimes. I mean, if, if you really look at it, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes strangers have all the answers. And then to get to that connection, you go into their void. And, and that's it. And sometimes when you can network smartly, take it slow. It doesn't have to be, hey, can I get something right away? Just take it slow, ease into the conversation. And then just talk slow. And, and then you can start really getting into it. Even start with regular chat, for even for a job networking event, is okay just to kind of get the, the water, you know, test those waters. But then when you really get into it, you'll start getting more comfortable then asking those tougher questions. Yeah, that's good and advice. For, for, your, for sure. And then, and then your advice for, for you, I guess, just the fact that you have the recognition to understand the balance between the student and, the, and your profession counseling and job development, I think that's good that you found something in the sense that you find a system. Because I'm sure your system changes every day because it's student by student, case by right, case, right. major by major. I mean, or even transfer by transfer. Yeah. So the exactly. fact that you have to, so the, the fact that you have to be on your feet and be versatile and agile and open-minded, I guess you could preach just how they open mind. They can be open-minded too to the actual network. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess it works both yeah, ways. Yeah, good insight. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. But definitely just keep it up, and I think uh, I think the students will definitely adhere to the advice as they get closer to uh, post college. Yeah. And, Thank you. And for. No problem, John. No problem. And for question seven, and this is actually another great segue, what would be just one thing or two that you would say the biggest message to those choosing the right career path for themselves? My biggest message 
yeah. for students choosing the right career path? Like, how do they figure out the right career path for themselves? Yeah, or any message. Let's say, let's say they have like a pursuing dream. I know you said technology because Silicon Valley. Let's say they're pursuing career path. Other than the networking, again. Uh, repeat that again, just because there's a audio glitch. Out of the saying like question yeah next one uh oh sorry still the audio could you hear me now hello yo yeah sorry about that i'm not sure if it's a connection are you good now yep i think it sounds it sounds good now go ahead and say one more time to try to get into like a hardcore technology other than networking stuff won't be one thing oh i'm sorry kt <laughs> the connection um let's see i'm just checking on the audio first just because it, the connection the audio was getting cut off and i couldn't hear oh, okay all right go ahead and um Let's see if it works now. So the question was, oh, uh, what would what would you say to just one message to really let's say you want other than networking stuff, what would be your biggest message to those trying to choose mm. the right career path in like technology other than networking? Just really get deep into it. Yeah, my big message for people to find their career, even be successful in their career, is to start taking massive action especially in the exploration phase of trying to figure out what they want to do. And I, I think my biggest message is you don't always need to get per to get experience, meaning you don't have to get that internship in graphic design to do graphic design. You could always, and we have the internet, you could go on udemy.com, type in graphic design, free course, learn it, go to a library, use Photoshop, and you could start practicing graphic design now. And you don't even need to go to the library and use Photoshop. There's a ton of, there's a lot of other free things or free trial programs you could get started with and start trying it now. So taking action and being creative, creative enough and, and take the initiative enough to take that action is my biggest advice. What would you say is the best way for a student to make that next step other than networking and doing things like job fair? What would be the next best message for you choosing the right career path? Right. My next best message is to take massive action. Is mm -hmm. if you want to explore a career or get good at it, it's about doing it. And I would say you don't need to get permission from anyone to do something, to do a lot of things, meaning you don't need that internship with that company to start learning how to do graphic design. Like you have the internet, like you could learn it now. You could go on udemy.com, you could type in graphic design, free course, learn it, download a free trial software program and start making something. And I think people just need to learn how to be more creative on coming up with ways they could 
take on something I call like a personal project and take the initiative to just do that. Right. But I think when someone does that, like just starts doing and has the creative enough creativity to come up with what it is they could do. But that's my biggest advice to figure out your career path is just start taking massive action, especially in that beginning exploration phase. If you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. I think that I think it's okay to take those risks and take the action because at the end of the day, when you're taking action, you're doing something. And I think that's the most important. You keep trying to keep doing. Eventually, the more chances you throw at that dartboard, something's going to click and spark. Exactly. There there was a a quick story, a student in my class. Mm -hmm. He said he wasn't sure if he wants to do graphic design. First thing I said was, have you ever tried it? He's like, no, I never did. I told him, Udemy, here's where you could learn. Take it. It's two hours long. The school library has Photoshop or um, uh, it has Photoshop or um, it was a different program, but the school library has it. Do it. Make something. And then he can't, comes back next week in class, and you could tell he's juiced. <laughs> like, yeah, he was, you know, he's an unmotivated gamer kid who plays Fortnite all day. But he came, comes back, and he's like, I want to show you something. And he shows me a picture. And it's a picture of him outside in, in, outside in the park. And at the top, he created a blended text with, with, um, with different, it just looked cool. And it said, believe in yourself. And then he was just telling me about how excited he was to work on this and how he didn't even play any games on the weekend because he was too busy doing this, but he was excited because yeah. he's figuring out this is the, this is something I want to do. Who knows if he's going to continue doing it, but he took a step forward and he tasted it. And to see him had that aha moment. I was like, I told you, bro. But that's what it takes sometimes is just do it. Be creative. Come up with an idea. You may think it's dumb. Who cares? Just do it and you'll find out. Yeah, and learn from it. I think that's the mm-hmm. key. I think because there's really no such thing as failure other than learning. I mean, the, yeah, more, yeah. There's the, more, the more you try things, the more you experiment right now in the early stage at a young age or, or even any age. The more you experiment, mm-hmm. the more you try. Mm-hmm. That's more memory bank in a sense. You know what's going on. You know what the process will look like. You know what you even know, like you said, the taste is. And once you get a sniff of it, usually you want more because, hey, I just accomplished something. And for that kid listening, he listens. It's like, hey, <laughs> not, not only him, but there's many others there. If you just try something and you roll with it and stick with it, just think about where you could be in the next year. So I think definitely thinking big and, and having that big plan in the sense that, hey, it can happen I mean, with, with technology, with networking, with social media, with just the power of yourself, believing yourself, you can really do it. But great things usually happen. Yeah. Hell yeah, KT. I like it. Give me goosebumps. <laughs> that, that's what we're trying to do every time. That's right. That's right. But uh, for question eight, this is, a, this is a fun one. If you could collaborate with any podcaster in the world, who would it be and why? And you can't say me. You'd be dead or alive. <laughs> Darn, I can't say you. Uh, yeah, we are doing it. <laughs> you know, I don't really have – I have podcasters I like listening to, like Joe Rogan, right. Gary V, The Minimalist, uh, This American Life. But I would – actually, it was a collaboration. I like to collaborate with a local Bay Area podcaster. 
there's none one that's not one that really comes to my mind but i like to collaborate with with the small folks yeah i don't know who yet but that's who i would like to collaborate with some of the the local podcasters here that that kid who has two followers and is doing a so sorry about the interruption there but it's interesting no that's fine you just wanted to just really quick i know you said local podcaster but you just want to elaborate real quick yeah i would like to collaborate with a local podcaster that person who has two followers that that's who i would like to collaborate with yeah starting from that humble beginning and i think just that local vibe like we we talked about the theme of this show is local i think exactly I i think staying local and staying within your your house basically to use that curry reference uh, just stay, just, <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's, excellent nice it's, it's just staying within your house staying within your your home court uh is important because you just don't know who they are you don't know what they're doing but when you get to connect with them they have their show they have what they're doing they have their process and you see their process it's back to eventually like the regulars if you do it enough you can be a regular on your show there you go yeah yeah it's all connected and our question nine here, how has your family helped you through the journey so far? Oh, you know, my wife, big ups to my wife. She lets me do it. I do my podcast in our bedroom and <laughs> she knows that. Just like, hey, babe, I'm, uh, I'm going to do a podcast at seven. She, well, you know, she, <laughs> yeah, she wants, she wants to go in the bedroom. She wants to watch the voice and stuff. So sometimes I'll do a podcast and she's like taking a nap next to me. I'm like, all right, babe, don't snow too loud. <laughs> but to know that she supports me and she lets me do it that's a that's all i all, all i need my family you know honestly i didn't really tell a lot of people of my personal friends about my podcast i just recently started telling some people but the ones that do know about it now i mean huge support they listen to all my podcasts they're they're sharing it i've never had anyone negative about it so Big support to my family, and I'm a big family guy, so it means a lot to me. Yeah, I think the family support the family vibe in the sense that you have that that support from people, you have the support from the people listening. It not only does that, but it keeps you motivated, I think. That's the end of the day. I mean, the more support you get, the more vibe you get with your family, the more motivation you have to put in the work, for sure. Exactly. And our final two questions, we talked a little bit about the networking is for question 10, what are your goals in the next five years? Would it be the work you do right now, personally, the podcast, or anything you want to share? Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big long-term thinker. You know, it's, I'm very short-term-y. Um, right. I look at goal setting, like if, if, I, if I was climbing a mountain, let's just say I was, okay, I look at looking at the summit. It's like a long-term goal, and I just check it to make sure I'm headed in my right direction. But I instantly start looking in front of me at the next rock I need to grab, which is what am I doing today? What am I doing right after this podcast? So I'm, I'm so day by day, like even my goals, I, I, I work out and stuff. I'm not saying right. uh, I'm, I'm horrible at working out, by the way, just to disclose. <laughs> but I don't have a goal of like, I want to gain five pounds at the end of this month. My goal is like today I'm doing 20 pull-ups or, and I'm eating this much calories or something. I'm just... I'm so day by day. So, but if I did have to give an idea of where it would be nice to be five years from now, in regards to my, I mean, in regards to my job, I think I'm fine where I'm at right now. Just seeing the students and 
you know, students messaging me back saying I helped them. That's all I need for my job. I don't need anything else. I don't, I'm not looking to be a director or the president of the college. Right. Oh, you, or never say never. But <laughs> in my, with my podcast, I would eventually like it to just be more well-known. My biggest indicator of success are people messaging me saying that was valuable. I learned something. That was a great resource. Thank you. Um, now I, I, I was thinking about going into nursing and then after that podcast, I heard of the nurses. Now I want to go into nursing. I just want to continue that ability to give value to others. And so five years from now, if it's more well known as like a brand and I'm getting more and more people telling me that they find value in it, that would be all I need. That would be my vision. And then eventually having that annual conference slash job fair slash party that that that's something i'm really thinking of but that'll take that's kind of down the line that's yeah. where the, the work talk podcast could possibly be five years from now yeah i think those big ambitions with the podcast it's good though i mean we talked about just another theme of being consistent and really putting in that work and, and, and executing i think that's important and then for your job you those messages i think that's that's humbling and motivating and a factor in the sense that you have these humble and motivating messages and your students do their thing you look at it, it's like hey that's all i need yeah like that that's just one student one student getting help from another and you can see that spreading you can see them do stuff like you said earlier so it's important just to keep that in mind for sure to to have those little things yeah i'm things. i'm so i'm very self-aware that i i have a that the micro makes a big difference for me I'm not sure how much time we have, but there's, there's like this one, uh, like we story I heard when as a teenager when I went to this business seminar and it always stuck with me. It was this um, a story of, of there was a beach, right? Okay, and then there's a okay. bunch of starfish that got washed up on the beach because there was a big storm, and all these starfish got washed up on the beach, and if no one puts them back, they're eventually gonna die. So this one person sees someone in the beach and that person in the beach, she's throwing starfish in the water, picking up the starfish from the beach, throwing them in the water. And the guy's like, there's thousands of starfish, no use. So he goes up to the, to the woman and says, what are you doing? And she's throwing the starfish in. He's like, you know, you can't um, save them all. What difference are you going to make? Then she picks up a starfish and she looks at him and then she throws the starfish in and then she says to that starfish i made all the difference and wow. that's how i see the work i do and that's my self-awareness i'm not shooting for legacy like gary v much respect my self-awareness is so micro but that's what i'm happy with so that that's that's all i need so that in my eyes I, i'm winning and that's all that matters self the self-awareness so yeah, self-awareness and situational awareness go hand in hand. I mean, if you, if you can know the situation and be humble through it and be self-aware of what happens, like the starfish, you never know where you can end up. So I think it's just keeping that open mind, being being self-aware of what's around you and what opportunities could lie ahead, whether it be good or bad. You know, sometimes those bad opportunities, that's adversity. And, and you can overcome that, you can be in a better position moving forward because it's in your memory bank. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. 
And for our final question, other than the gym stuff, uh, what is one thing I tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? <laughs> the thing people may not know about. You know, I'm I'm really kind of an awkward guy when you get to know me. Like, I like watching anime and huge huge on video games. I'm awkward, but I'm also I think I'm funny and I enjoy people's company in the same time still. But mm-hmm. one thing is, I'm looking to start. I'm thinking about it this summer, starting a Twitch channel and get back into video games because I used to play video games competitively. I played uh, Super Smash Brothers, Street Fighter, Halo. Um, so I used to be really competitive with that and I used to host tournaments in the Bay Area. And I'm thinking about getting back into gaming. I'm an old man now, but uh, I want to see if I could kick some young ass. So, <laughs> there so we if go. I started, if anyway, I started Twitch again, I'll let people know and Anchor Nation, if you guys play games too you can hit me up hit him up guys twitch account coming this summer 2018 <laughs> it's dropping it's dropping hot uh but definitely man, that's awesome that uh you're going back to something you enjoy it's a free thing as in like free time you're taking time out of your day even with your busy schedule but at least you'll have your uh, your day job a little break in between so that's that's important just to keep it loose and have a good time enjoy the summer and spend a little time yeah on. yeah there we go all right guys i'd like to say thank you to john uh for coming on the show i appreciate him taking time out of the day as always but john before we go i'd like to dm your social media so people can find you on the podcast. yeah find me on work talk podcast i'm on instagram twitter facebook youtube anchor nation of course so hit me up mm-hmm. i'm talkative <laughs> there we go you're talking about thanks again thank you to the information for always giving your undivided attention not only myself but the interviewee and john my friend it's been an awesome time thanks again brother thank you kt Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.